Welcome to the Inside the Pylon Quick Kicks podcast for Friday, November 11th. Mark Schofield, Chuck Zotta. We are back. A little bit of a hiatus. Some real life issues sort of came up on my end for the most part, but we are back. It is Friday. It is Kicker Friday. And also, it's Veterans Day. So a quick shout out to all the veterans listening today. Um, thank you for all that you've done and for your service to us and to our country. But we're back and we're going to talk Kicker Friday. Mr. Zotta, how are you, my friend? We are back. We're back. We're back. Feels good. Feels, Feels good. good to be back in the saddle. It's good to be back. We're here. We're still kicking around. It's, uh, yeah, as you mentioned, you know, we're a couple days uh, post-election. We're all here. We're all ready to rock and roll. Still getting things done. Still talking a little bit of kickers on a Friday here. Feels good. Feels good. So, my friend, where do you want to begin? I appreciate I, I you were telling me that you had a couple of things you were going to chat about. Basically, you're... I guess I don't know if they're your first half season awards or just guys that have impressed you. Where do you want to start? Yeah, what what I really want to chat on is uh, just looking at some of the top punters from the first half of this year and, you know, really looking at the three guys that we have at the top of my list, but talking about how they take somewhat different paths to actually end up where they are today. And so that's really what I want to be digging into is, look, we've got three punters who all have graded out very highly as I go through my grading process, but they all have some slightly different quirks and some little things that make them all a little bit different in terms of, you know, how they actually uh, perform and what we've actually seen from them. So I just wanted to show, you know, even within the, uh, the punting realm, there's more than one way to skin a cat. You don't have to simply have the biggest leg. You don't have to simply uh, generate the most hang time or put the ball always on the outside of the field. There's different ways that you could be great, even if you're a punter. It's no different from being a wide receiver or running back. All right, so before we dive in, can I take my stab at what three guys you're going to talk about? You certainly can. Marquette Kang. Yep, he's one of them. I'm going to say... No... Johnny Hecker. Hecker's another. Okay. We got two of them. Ooh, I don't know if we're going to get the third. Uh, Thomas Morstead. You got all three, buddy. Someone's been doing a little research, huh? I've been co-hosting the show for a couple of weeks now. I think I should know this. Man, know? look at that. Someone, someone doing a little bit of work there. I do what I can. So which guy do you want to start with? Do you so, want to save Ken for last so we can talk about dancing at the end? Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely do a little bit of dancing at the end ourselves. Let's start off with uh, Johnny Hecker. Uh, Johnny right. Hecker uh, is uh, pretty much the last couple years, he has been one of the top punters in the league. And what you see from him is an incredibly balanced uh, portfolio. He, he's not necessarily the best at any one thing, but he's very, very good at just about everything that's out there. And let's talk a little bit about, you know, what we've seen from him. Uh, you know, first thing that stands out, his, uh, his overall hang time is just a little bit above average. He's averaging a touch over 4.5 seconds of hang on his kicks this year. The NFL mark is about uh, five hundredths of a second below that right now. I'll expect that to come down to around 4.4 seconds for the NFL average 
by the end of the year. So he's generating a little bit of extra hang on a regular basis here. What you see from him, though, is that he's very consistent in placing the ball, not just to one side of the field, but he's able to go to both sides of the field. And this is something that stands out to me. The way that I do my, my charting uh, when, I, uh, when I'm charting where a punt lands is I break the field into seven different sections. I have the two sidelines. I've got the two numbers between the numbers and the hashes, and then uh, between the two hashes. So those are the seven areas of the field that I divide uh, the field into on a horizontal level. And each one of those, I just assign a numerical value, one through seven, so I can see you know, kind of where things are going when a punter is typically uh, punting. Well, the thing that stands out to me first about Johnny Hecker is that while he's only landed four punts inside the hashes over the course of the year, the, the, when you put all of those, uh, those punts into you know, just averaging them out and averaging out where they land... His average is exactly a four, so he kicks equally as much to the right and left, which not a lot of punters do. Most tend to prefer one side at some level. He can go to both sides of the field with no problem, and what that does is it makes it more difficult for a return team to plan their returns because they don't necessarily know where the ball's going. So, okay, so we've got some ability to put it from sideline to sideline. You talked about the hang time being down a little bit. What about... I don't know if punt coverage is the best way to do it, but like in terms of his net punt and average, like how have teams been able to return the punts against him or have they suffered because of his ability to put it from sideline to sideline like you talked about? So I don't love to use either net punting average or fair catches as a measure for um, for a punter's ability to prevent returns. What I like to do is actually just look at, look, look for every punt that he's taken, what's the average number of return yards that a team is generating? Because I don't just want to know when a team is returning the ball, how much they're, how well they're returning, because that can be skewed by coverage and things like that. I, I want to know, look, when you combine everything and look at you know, the coverage that we're seeing, how, what's the average return out of all the punts that he's kicked? And on average, the, uh, the opposing team is only picking up 1.6 yards per return against Johnny Hecker and the Rams. They only have three punts returned on the season that have gone for more than 10 yards. Three on wow. the season, okay? And, and when you look at this, a big reason for it is, yeah, Hecker generates a number of fair catches, but the fact is he generates a lot of balls that are either downed by his own team or simply punted towards the sidelines where there's no return possible anyways. So th- there's a real emphasis on return prevention from Hecker, and that's why when you look at the top-line numbers, Hecker's only averaged 45.7 yards per punt over the course of this season couple reasons for that the first is his average punt is a little bit further up than the NFL average he's punting from the thir- his own 34 yard line on average whereas my top ranked guy so far this year Thomas Morstead he's punting from his 31 yard line on average so Hecker is punting from a little bit more advanced position which is why some of his top line you know basic metrics like punting average are a little bit below where you'd expect but when he's punting He's able to prevent returns at a really, really high rate, and I think it's something that's you know pretty important when you look at this. Now, the one thing that is a little bit interesting for Hecker is that his ability to place the ball deep, even when he's a little bit more advanced in terms of field position, hasn't been great this year. So this is why he doesn't have uh, my top spot is 
on average, he's only even with you know starting his punts on average from the 34 yard line, he's only reaching the opponent's 20 on average right now. So it's he's not getting the ball quite as deep as I would like. I'd like to see that if you're punting from the 34 on average, you'd like to see somewhere around the 15 being where you're getting the ball to. So I'd like to see a little bit more in terms of distance from him. But his ball placement and his ability to prevent returns have been really, really good this year. And that's that's really the big reason why he's where he is today. Now, let's talk about that guy who's your top listed punter, and that's Thomas Morstead from the Saints, correct? Yeah, so Thomas Morstead is uh, my top guy uh, for uh, for the year here, thus far at least, or for the first half of the year. Big thing that and, I'm seeing – I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just going to say that this isn't the first time he's been a topic of conversation on Kicker Friday. No, we, we've chatted we've on chatted him. We've chatted about him more. We, and, we, yeah. We've chatted about him before. The other thing I want to point out before I go further, uh, Johnny Hecker, his uh, target distance punted for the year – clocks in at 101%, so he's about 1% better than the average NFL punter in terms of achieving distance on uh, on his kicks regardless of field position. Morstead, part of the reason why he's up here, he actually struggled in that metric last year. He's at 105% this year, meaning he's 5% better than what you would expect from an average NFL punter, and so his distance has been outstanding. He's averaging north of 50 yards a punt halfway through the season, 50.7 actually at this point, and a, and a big, big, big number in hang time as well. We're talking 4.67 seconds a hang, so about a quarter second above the NFL average. So a ton of hang being generated there for him. Um, what's interesting about Morstead, he finally, finally broke down and put his, uh, his first punt of the year between the hashes in, uh, in week nine. He had actually gone the entire year without putting a ball in the middle of the field. He finally did his first punt of the game in week nine, ended up with one there. Morstead, unlike Hecker, tends to prefer the right side of the field. He likes to go there a little bit more often than uh, when he goes left. So he's actually averaged kind of placing balls, you know, if you're, if you're averaging where they land. Somewhere in the, uh, the, the right third of the field is kind of where he's averaged. And the other thing, whether it's because of Morstead, you know, whether it's – this is probably more on the New Orleans coverage unit, to be honest, given all of the other metrics that I have on Morstead – but the Saints have given up 4.7 yards uh, per punt return per punt. So, you know, they, they've given up a little bit more uh, in terms of yardage there. A big reason for it is just that they, they're giving up returns on more punts. It's a lot of small things, three, four, five yards. But Morstead's only had 30 punts on the season, and he's given up uh, seven, I'm sorry, nine punts. Uh, nine returns of more than 10 yards, whereas when we were talking about Hecker, as you remember, Hecker's had 43 punts already this year and only those three returns of more than 10 yards. So New Orleans not doing as good of a job in coverage, and that's something that is uh, kind of standing out to me because everything else I'm seeing from Morstead is incredibly strong there. Yeah, what are you seeing from Morstead in terms of hang time? I know when we talked about him earlier, we were you were really impressed with that. Has that continued? Yeah, it's big, man. He's averaging a quarter second above the NFL mark as far as hang time goes. Um, he's at uh, 4.67 seconds right now, so he's just absolutely tattooing the ball right now. Everything is working for him, and this is a big improvement from last year. Last year, his average was a little less than uh, 4.4 seconds, so he was below average last year. 
This is a big, big improvement for him. It's what we've seen from him historically in some other years back in the 2011 and 2012 era when he was one of the top guys in the league. But he had taken a step back the last couple years. And so this is really a return to form for him. And... You know, it's been pretty impressive to watch. and he, He's kind of flown under the radar for one reason or another. I don't know why. But when you talk about a guy who's putting up a truly outstanding season, Morstead's right up there in the conversation. He's, he's my top-graded punter for the first half of the year. Yeah, I mean, the other thing that jumps out, just looking at it on paper, and you can probably speak to this, and you will speak to this a lot better than I can, but just like punting average, I mean, he and McAfee are the only guys over 50 yards per punt. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a big number. Part of it's due to his starting field position tends to be a little bit worse than other punters. Uh, he's kicking on average from his own 31-yard line. We'll compare that to Marquette King, who we're going to talk about in a little bit. Marquette King's average punt comes from his own 37. So there's a difference in field position there that accounts for some of that. But even factoring that in, and, and that's, this is what target distance punted does. It's what TDP is designed for. Even factoring that in, he's still out kicking the average NFL kicker by about 5%. So it's, you know, you're, you're sitting there and you're saying, all right, th- this guy's doing a pretty good job at this point. So now let's move to King. He's a guy that I think people are starting to learn about. The Raiders are better. They had that big Sunday night game. We'll get to King dancing a little bit at the end of the show. But talk to our listeners about Marquette King. I know you've mentioned him before, but how is he impressed so far? punting this year yeah so talking about marquette king i have to give a disclaimer i was not first on the marquette king bandwagon um i actually didn't have high expectations for him coming into this season coming in i I think i graded him out uh, as a middle of the road punter so i wasn't first but i was still before everyone else so i'm just putting that out there there you go Marquette King, pretty much since uh the, the first week of the season and really it was i believe it was his week three it was either his week three or week four performance, which I graded out as one of the strongest performances in recent years. And uh, Pro Football Focus did as well, coming through and saying I think it was their best grade uh, that they had given a punter for a game in like 10 years or something. Marquette King has done everything this year, okay? Uh, his average distance is 48.4 yards, which it's a, it's a really good mark, but when you factor in the field position... His target distance punted is 106%. So he's 6% above what you would expect from the average NFL kicker. And this is regardless of whether it's a short distance punt or you know a long distance punt. He's able to handle all of those situations here. His hang time has been average this year, 4.43 seconds. That's come down in recent weeks with a couple performances that have been a little bit below average. But King is able to... You know, when, when he's clicking and doing things well, he's usually in that 4.7 second range. The big thing that's dragged him down in recent weeks, he had one punt in week eight that only had 2.8 seconds of hang time. Another one last week that only had 3.38. Those two have kind of dragged down the, the average for the year. But Marquette King, when he's clicking and everything's going well, 4.7 is kind of the range that he's in. Um, you know, and, and that's a really strong mark. There's only about three, maybe four guys who are better in the NFL. The best guy in the NFL in terms of hang is uh, Brian Anger, who just has some absolutely just towering punts. Anger has, I believe, he has something 
it's in the ballpark of like 60% of the punts that are over five and a quarter seconds of hang in the NFL this year are all coming from anger. But King probably, you know, hang time wise, he's in the top three or four, and that's probably where uh, he should be at the end of the year. He's just had some inconsistency the last couple weeks. In terms of Ken, what have you seen from him in regards to placement and target distance distance punted? Placement-wise, he's uh, very capable of going to both sides of the field. He prefers to go right slightly, not quite as much as Morstead. Uh, King also has only had three, four... King's only had five punts that have ended up in the middle of the field over the course of this year, and King has punted pretty good amount. He's already up to uh, 44 punts, actually. So, you know, only 10% winding up in that middle portion of the field. So he's pretty good at targeting the sidelines generally. Um, one thing that does stand out, Raiders coverage unit is uh, not particularly good. Uh, the Raiders coverage unit has given up two punt returns over 50 yards already this season and an additional four that are over 10 yards. So they've given up some pretty big returns to this point. Uh, it is an, an ongoing concern for them, especially as you start getting into tighter games where every yard really takes on additional importance. But, you know, King's been a guy who has made the jump up to that next level of punters. When, when you go through the guys, you know, who are at the top of the class and, and, you know, there's probably about six or seven, it's a really deep upper, you know, upper tier that's out there right now. You've got these three guys. You've obviously got Pat McAfee, who I actually had fourth and we probably could have chatted on today. Um, you know, you, you continue down the list. You got Sam Cock in Baltimore, um, who's, you know, right up there. Sam Martin, who isn't having a great year for the Lions, but Martin's always, you know, a very capable punter as well. Um, you know, th- those are the guys that I think really stand out. And th- there's a lot of talent when you look at, you know, the top end punters in the league these days. I mean, these three guys, for them to come in in the top three, there's a lot of competition right now. You know, it's, it's not like it used to be where it was Shane Leckler and that was the only guy that people really cared about. There are a lot of good punters today, but these guys are the best ones out there. Let's, I'll throw you a bit of a curveball. We've talked about your top three guys. Who's one punter that's kind of, I don't know if disappointing is the right word, but who you think could have done more in this first half and maybe you either expect a rebound for or you're at least looking at to see if they can bounce back a bit in the second half? I got two. They're actually going to be uh, playing on Sunday Night Football this weekend. Uh, we got Ryan Allen for the Patriots, and then we've got uh, John Ryan on the Seahawks. Both of these guys have the talent to be, you know, really, I, I wouldn't say elite punters necessarily, but above average is where they should be. Both of them have been a little bit below average uh, for some different reasons. Ryan's had some problems with hang time and distance this year that just haven't been great. His, his ball placement's been okay. Uh, Allen, on the other hand, has just had... I don't know if it's a case of the yips or what, but he's had some real issues just week to week where he'll turn in a couple great performances and then just completely fall apart for a couple weeks afterwards. So his inconsistency, I think, has just been kind of maddening, whereas John Ryan, on the other hand, Ryan's been consistent. He just hasn't been consistently very good to this point this year. So both of those guys have the ability to be you know, top 10 punters in the league. I don't think they're... You know, they're not guys who are going to be up to the level of a Hecker, King, or a Morstead necessarily, but they're guys who should be in the conversation is, okay, you know, we've got, we've got an edge at punter, even if it's not a big advantage. They're guys who should be up there, 
And and Allen and Ryan just have not performed up to expectations this year. That's that you've got now two Patriots specialists that are having trouble this season. So I got a two part question for you. What's going on? What's in the water up at Foxborough that's causing this? And are you going to be their new special teams coach? Are you leaving ITP to take that job? I am not leaving ITP to take that job today. Okay. Today I noticed the qualifier. It's I'm taking uh, cues from college coaches right now. There you go. And uh, in terms of what's going on up there with with Goskowski, you know, there's been some rumblings that when the uh, the new turf was installed up there, it, it apparently was very bouncy, and I think caused some issues. Or not bouncy, but more soggy almost, which is weird for artificial turf. Um, and apparently caused some issues, not only with him, but with, you know, a number of other players on the Patriots. And that's something that, you know, I've heard some real buzz on. And they actually did some things to uh, remove some of the pellets from the field just to try to make it a little bit less soggy up there. Um, as far as Ryan Allen, it could be something similar. I don't necessarily know. Um, punters don't quite have the same relationship with the ground that kickers do just because the ball is being dropped. So it's a little bit different in terms of, uh, what they do, but they still have to power, you know, off their plant foot there. So I don't know what it is exactly, but uh, you're 100 percent right. You know, both New England specialists aren't performing uh, up to, you know, where I think fans expectations of them are. Uh, Guskowski was obviously, you know, kind of a uh, mechanical thing, which he's, I think, on the road to recovery on with Allen. You know, it's it's more difficult for me to tell. I am not nearly as. Uh, capable of breaking down punters' mechanics as I am with uh, with kickers, simply because it's a different, it's a very different motion to begin with, and there's so many different techniques that are used today, depending on the ball flight that you want. That half the time you might not even know what a guy is trying to do. You just kind of have to take it for what it's worth, where the ball ends up going. So something to watch for. Looking forward, Chuck. Now we've broken down your top hunters and a couple of guys that have let you down. Anything else you want to cover on this edition of Kicker Friday? Um, what else is there to cover? Um, you know, guys who can potentially make a run at that in the uh, second half of the season. Pat McAfee's knocking on the door. He's in my fourth spot right now, so he's right up there. Um, just going through other guys who have impressed this year to this point. Brad Wing has had a better than expected season. Um, Brad Wing always had an awful lot of swag, you know, always a guy who's kind of you know able to uh you know really wear his heart on his sleeve as a punter which I always dig you know going back to his days at LSU so you know that's he's a guy who's been better than expected this year um who else stands out I'm trying to think if there's anyone else that you know has kind of made a name for themselves this year that you know I didn't really expect um, Brett Kearns kicking around that area, still my top-rated punter from last year. So you got some guys that are in the conversation there, but right now these three, you know, right up there, Pat McAfee just knocking on the door just outside. Good stuff, my friend. Good stuff. We uh, always love Kicker Friday, but Kicker Friday leads us into the last part of the week, and that is? It leads us into Beer O'Clock. And uh, what, what do you got going on this weekend? I've made a switch. It's now Vodka O'Clock. Oh, boy. Here we go. Oh, boy. Yeah. Made a little switch. You know what it is, man? Winter. the LBs. Winter? the LBs. Are you good? Oh, man. You haven't seen me in a while. No, you look good, man. Every time we do this podcast, you know, our listeners always say how good you look. I wear puffy shirts. Well. You know, I just, you know, we got got the draft Twitter combine coming up in a couple of months and haven't seen Kyle Krabs up close. 
whew, I got to drop a couple of LBs. So I made a little switch, you know, try to tighten things up down, you know, down the gut area. So who's a question? Here's a question for you. Who's in better shape right now, Kyle Krabs or John Ledyard? <sighs> I'd say Krabs for one reason. Ledyard's first child is on the way. His wife's due pretty soon, I think. Sympathy weight. It's sympathy weight. He's been – well, I haven't talked to him about this. We haven't talked about this. But if he's been doing a lot of construction, say building cribs, getting the you know the baby's room ready, you know, there would be a lot of you know manual labor that goes into that. But let's not forget John is a strength and conditioning coach. He's got that going for him. It's a toss-up. I mean – Legitimately, those are the two guys that you're most excited to see at the draft Twitter combine or Krabs and Ledyard. Yeah, I mean, look. I, I think, mean, with another shout out to Brandon Thorne. I mean, because he's always throwing iron around, too. Yeah, Thorne, I feel like the, the combine doesn't set up well for him, though. You know, it's, it's you know, Thorne's yeah, not but, necessarily a bench guy. No, but you get the sense that he's deceptively explosive. Like, he wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me to see, like, big, broad jump and Good broad vertical jump. numbers from Vermont, our yeah. friend Brandon. Yeah. I, I could see that. I could see no. that happening. So, Bear Clock, what about you? What, what's the, what's the poison this weekend? I'm going sober for the weekend. I had a really long Tuesday night, and uh, <laughs> I am not 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 drinking this weekend. Yeah, Tuesday night. It was yeah. actually more of a Wednesday morning by the time I finished. So it is uh, off limits for the weekend. I am sticking to water. Yeah, you know, every once in a while we need a cleanse. Oh, woof. Yeah. Well, folks, if you need a cleanse, if you don't need a cleanse, whatever your needs are, we'll try to be around coming back on Monday to help you sort through them. Mark Schofield, Chuck Zotta, happy to be back. Again, shout out to all the veterans um, on this Veterans Day. Thank you for your service. Um, Thanks for listening to this edition of the Inside the Pylon Quick Kicks podcast. Again, we will be back Monday. No time off now. We're punching through, powering through to the draft. Thanks for listening. We'll talk again soon.